Why did they do this to me? Just because I'm gay. I'm gay. I'm gay. What? It's Guy, Mr. Hennity. He's been attacked. Yeah, I know. What do you say? I've said I'm gay. You're fired. What? I'm warning you, Jack Hennity. If Guy goes, we all go. Yeah? Yeah! 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 yeah. yeah. Go on, then walk! The lot of you, walk! I've got people queuing up to work inside this Bureau de Change. This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Everest, the podcast that is sunbathing topless on the deck of a North Sea ferry. Albeit face down. Do I sound disappointed? Well, there was there was a frisson of disappointment there. Um, yeah. And it's, it's an issue that we'll no doubt come back to, because this week we have been watching Triangle. Yeah. The BBC's attempt at a glamorous soap. It's so stupid. I mean, immediately, (laughs) it's so stupid. Their attempt at at, at injecting a little bit of glamour and class and poise. A soap opera set on board a North Sea ferry. Yeah. Let's just be clear on, you know, the triangle. The titular triangle. Is uh, Felix Stowe. Gothenburg yep. and Amsterdam. Yes. Here's a fun fact for you. Actually, one of those lines doesn't run. No, I, I, I gathered that. There was no actual ferry from Gothenburg to Amsterdam, so they just kind of made that up. Yeah, it was really... It, it fitted sh- their map. It should have been called Angle, but that wouldn't have been quite as good a programme title. Yeah. Uh, and they wouldn't have been able to use the triangle that features as a as a letter a yeah as yeah. a as a letter a in in the opening titles so i mean let's it's difficult to know where to start with this really yeah I mean, well, well let's let's dig in a little bit let's because... start well let's start let's start at the very beginning because i think it's just the most famous part of triangle because most people watched the first five minutes and went what the hell is this shit yeah the program nay series opens with the site of a scantily clad Kate O'Mara mm-hmm. sunbathing on deck. In what appears to be the middle of November. Well, apparently, yeah, apparently it was very cold. I mean, uh, I'm surprised her nips didn't prop her up. If it was um, above freezing when that was shot, I would be surprised. Out in the middle of the North Sea, stone grey. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the thing, okay. Triangle was supposed to be glamorous. Yeah. It was the BBC taking a look at Dallas and that sort of thing and thinking, we could have a go at this. Yeah. And in addition to this, there'd been changes to technology which made it possible to actually shoot it on a ship. This is true. This this, this was... Completely modern yeah. in, in in 1980 when it would have been shot because the first episode went on at the start of January 1981. Yeah. So I I get it. You know, I understand 
kind of where they're coming from. What I don't... I mean, everybody talks about the two things that were the main problem with it. Which is, firstly, that they couldn't balance the light properly. Yeah. If they were shooting indoor shots. Which meant that all indoor shots, they had to put a curtain, pull the curtains on the windows. (laughs) They did. And so they might as well have shot those in a studio. Yeah. And then the outdoor shots, because it was the fucking North Sea, always just looked completely grey and dismal. The whole thing looked like this unimaginably kind of trashy idea of what glamorous is, you know. (laughs) I mean, it's there's a casino in it. Yeah. And it's a fucking casino on the North Sea. I mean, I want to come back to the casino. Stick a stick a pin in that because yeah, yeah. Um, we've got to get. Back I, to I, I need to. I need to get back to it. It's only a very brief scene, but it's 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 worth a very thorough dissection. I think they've got a singer. They've got a Jane McDonald. They do. They've got well. And they've got a restaurant and like you know children's play area and a children unattended Un- unattended <laughs> mind you but... right unattended and in sight of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> the most inhospitable sea in the entire world. I'm the chief purser. I believe you wanted to see me. Oh, yes. Um, don't you think there should be someone in charge of the play area? Pardon? Well, their parents leave them there alone. I don't think it's safe. But that's a parent's responsibility. Oh, it's Mr. your responsibility. The area was specially designed for safety. Nothing is ever safe when children are alone. Don't you think you should have a member of the crew on hand, just in case? Because she walks in through the door right next to her. It's true. So, right. so they are basically that door that Kate O'Mara and some bars, two bars, I think it was, away from the North Sea. And when I say that, I don't mean the area, I mean the sea itself. Yeah, the old briny deep. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it was amazing, yeah. But it's it's, the thing is, I watched it all, and then I watched the second episode. And I know that you did too, because yeah. you already told me. Well, no. and I've got a feeling that I'm going to end up going through every single episode that I can find on YouTube, because I'm pretty certain it hasn't been released on DVD or Blu-ray. Pretty sure you're right there. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we'll stick a pin in that second episode thing as well, because uh, there was a reason behind my watching the second episode, which mm. was partially satisfied but not entirely well i mean the thing the the thing to remember about triangle is that this is a famously bad tv program yeah i don't really think we've done that many of what you might call the greats (laughs) you know you know this is a bad tv show you know most of what we've watched probably passed without comment at the time i should think so yeah you know yeah. Uh, there are a few exceptions to that, but I don't think much of it is famously. This is famously bad. It was famously bad at the time. Terry Wogan used to make jokes about it on his Radio 2 breakfast show. Yeah. And um, the, they had to devote almost half. I've seen it. In fact, I've got it um, somewhere. They had to devote almost half of an entire episode of points of view to people Absolutely slicing. When um, the BBC did TV Hell Night in 1992, 
this mm. episode that we watched, which is the first episode of the first series, was shown in its entirety. Yes, this was the first time that I saw that episode. Yeah, but it's something that I kind of hung on to since, and um, and so I've seen it a few times before this this particular occasion. And as a, as a technical challenge, I think that there is there is something to be said for Triangle and the and the way they did it, partially because you know the North Sea is more or less perpetually in a state of there being a Force Nine gale. Yeah, I mean the North Sea is a famously treacherous stretch of water. You know, worldwide, and they had to. I think there were there were a number of technical compromises that were made as a, as a result of their insistence on filming on board. I mean, a lot of it could easily have been shot in a studio, but I think mm-hmm. that would have been to take away from the the grand mission statement of Triangle. So mm-hmm. it was filmed in these pokey cabins. Uh, and instead of filming it on the standard 16mm film, it was filmed on videotape. Yeah. And as anyone who had a Walkman knows, any form of movement with that sort of technology was liable to you know, cause it to skip and jump and slow down or speed up. Yeah. For Walkman and walking, Reed trying to film... Uh, Soap opera. I don't know. We, we, yeah, it was. I mean, on, it was twenty. On the it was, yeah, it was twenty-four episodes a series, so it was on for almost like half the year. You know. Yeah. And I think that if it had been successful, it probably would have gone to like twice weekly every year. You know, if it, if it was never going to. Well, I mean, presume. I mean, it was. Uh, it, I've got it. I've got written here twenty-three sets of twenty-six episodes. Uh, and they cover approximately a third of a year uh, in terms of this. So they must have been on, I don't know how many a week. Two a week? Two a week, maybe. Well, that that makes sense. 5th of January to 1st of April 1981 was series. Yeah, there you go. So two, two a week, but then nothing um, until the 26th of April 1982, which is when series two began. So... It's immediately lost its soap opera credentials. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, those, that's that's the least of its problems, though, isn't it? Really? Oh, yeah. definitely. I wonder if they made twenty six episodes per series because they thought they could sell it to the American market. Well, I mean, <laughs> that would be hilarious. It's difficult to imagine <laughs> um, that an American would know what to make of a North Sea ferry based. Romantic <laughs> drama, I mean. How do you do? Are you a passenger? This is a private area here, you know. This is the cruise deck, officers and crew only. Get it a stand up, you fool. Anyway, so Kate O'Mara. Is yep. some, some she's sunbathing in a restricted area at the beginning of the program, and the assembled crew. I really, I tried to, you know, pick out character names and their particular roles on the boat, well, and I, got, I got... came up short because ultimately it doesn't really make any odds. 
Okay, well, you've got Larry the Lamb. I've got Larry the Lamb. He's yep. he's one of them. You've got Bobby Gold. Hello, Mr. Mayor. That's a, that's a very enjoyable impersonation to do. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Oh, Jesus. Uh, you've got Bobby Gould, um, who I think might be the captain. Oh, I just had him down as Captain Eyebrows. Captain Eyebrows, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then... I didn't, I didn't, he, my my favourite bit in the whole episode with him was where there was a conversation in uh, a room between him and the bursar, and you couldn't understand a single thing he was saying because he was too quiet, and the bursar was quite loud. And I was like, is this my hearing, or is this... Oh, no, 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 this is just really, really, really Oh, yeah, I think, I think the, the, the ship's purser is uh, called Wally. Yep, he's going back to the land. And he's going... Yeah, he's, he's going back to the land. He's the one who's going to be making way for uh, Kate O'Mara when she yeah. assumes her new duties. But, of course, at this stage, they don't know who she is. I don't know why she's there. Let's be reasonable here and say that there are whole sections of this first episode particularly which just don't make any sense whatsoever. Oh, no, They look like a parody of a soap opera. There's no cohesive structure or plot or theme. The whole episode seems to be predicated largely on, on Kate O'Mara who... In the narrative, we don't we don't really know who she is. That's the point of her. Yeah. And she's wandering around the ship. So we're watching someone, and we don't know who they are, wandering around the ship. Well... But they're, they're occasionally there's sort of blackouts. The, the, the little piece is missing. She's having absent seizures. Yeah, well, it, it, it the thing is that it, it kind of eventually becomes apparent, spoiler alert, oh, yeah, yeah. that this is some sort... That it may or may not be some sort of corporate espionage and that they've play, they think that she, they might have placed her on the ship yes. to fuck things up so they can close the line. Well, yeah, from what or I can something, gather... Something like From that. what I can gather, somebody on board who I called Moustache Man. Now, obviously... Oh, no, he was just Bursa Junior. Junior. There are pitfalls in calling anybody in a 1980s soap opera Moustache Man, but I'll, I'll stick with yeah. it. He recognises her, and uh, the story then quickly gets around that it's the none other than the daughter of Mr. Torrison, who runs the ferry line. And dark suspicions abound that she's been sent as some sort of time and motion man to figure out all the problems and justify the reduction of the line. No part of any aspect of what is happening makes sense. No. Why do they need to send the daughter of the chairman of the company on board and then she gets to play all these stupid fucking games with them yeah. for no particular reason other than that it might be what a middle-aged man in the nine, early 1980s thought was sexy. Well, let's touch on this because obviously there is a... I mean, it's a very titillating opening and as anyone who has ever seen Triangle will uh, remark to somebody who's embarking on their own triangle viewing yeah. uh, adventure. Side boob. Side boob. Well, look, you know, I'm, 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 I'm no prude. You know, <laughs> I really like boobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side boobs. Goes. So who doesn't? 
Who doesn't? Well, no, I mean, you know? but I, I mean, really, and no, everyone likes boobs. I suppose that in 1981, when you know there was no internet pornography, uh, it was. I have to say, I was surprised to see it there, and furthermore. <laughs> I was surprised to see it there when I first saw it in like 1994. Yeah. And it was only 12 years before that. And and watching it when I was like, you know, 21 or 22, I was like, oh, I, I had forgotten that. Did you immediately pop a stalk? That's uh, unlikely. Because I, I think the, the downside of it is that, yes, it's side boob and toplessness and, and uh, idle titillation. Well, yeah, but, but it is also forty-one-year-old also... Kate O'Mara. Oh well, no, that's fine. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with Kate O'Mara. You know, I think she looks. I think she looks pretty good. But no, the... no, no, I have no objections to her. What I have objection to is, you know, her being on the bow of a North Sea ferry with the, the you know, the grey sea, the dark grey sea, and the slightly lighter grey sky behind them. Yeah, and it looks like what it is, you know. I I get it. They're trying to evoke some sort of spirit of uh, of a cruise liner or something. That's what the, ideally they'd like to be doing, but they ain't got the budget for that, and it shows. Yeah, because it's definitely clearly a souped up cross channel ferry. Obviously, a lot of it's built around relationships, and Kate O'Mara was very much the lead of this. You know, she's the first person you see. She completely dominates the narrative. It was like a reverse Bechtel test, actually, because the entire episode was either stuff that she was doing or people talking about her. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think it was probably intended as as, as something like a vehicle for her. She was definitely the most famous person in it by a very long way. Yeah. So getting her in to do it was quite a coup she only actually lasted one series yeah she did one series plus one episode i believe and then went off to do dynasty i mean that's understandable in in several different respects so i get why they did it and i get why they chose her for it but it's all about the, the 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 setting it's just so dismal you know it puts you off Wanting yeah. to go, there's no, you know, it's difficult to maintain any kind of free yeah. of excitement uh, in in terms of your loins or anything else when you're yeah. pitching about in a gale on the North Sea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for fourteen hours, or going yeah. to fucking Gotham. They, they, after what is they, this bullshit? Why did I agree to this? After they go from, they, they manage to dislodge her from the deck. There's a scene where she's in the restaurant looking decidedly unimpressed with a plate of diarrhoea. Yeah, well, she doesn't actually eat any of it. Well, I'm glad because it's a plate of diarrhoea. Well, I don't know what it was. It was it was early 80s food, wasn't it? But so, yeah, there know, were complaints. All, all early she, 80s she food. She made some complaints about how the food was very much tailored towards the English palate. Rather yeah, but than... she didn't actually taste it. Well, no, but it looked like. And it's all very well for you to just go. It looked like diarrhea. Well, it did. I doubt if it was actual diarrhea. No, I should imagine it was actual food. And I think that before she uh, well. went off complaint, and again, all of this completely anonymous, just some woman, you know, well, some yeah, person absolutely. on a boat, being a bit of a shit. And it's only a fucking cross 
Channel Ferry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You ain't, you know, this ain't the QE2. I mean, it probably wasn't diarrhea. And diarrhea doesn't normally have peas in it, does it? Yeah. Well, you know, so, like I say, before you get criticising, at least taste it. Again, this is another spoiler. But it, it turns out that she has done all of this off her own back rather than been sent by her father, with whom she is, in fact, estranged, it would later turn out. Mm-hmm. This doesn't in any way prevent her from causing a great deal of trouble. Indeed, most of the episode seems to revolve around her sticking her nose in where it's not wanted, and then the crew darkly scheming about chucking her overboard, which... yeah. I'm not quite sure whether or not that, that was some sort of uh, brilliant nautical joke. Is that is that what what people in the boat business <laughs> or were they actually seriously considering flinging Kate O'Mara in the North Sea? Well, you know that I uh, have difficulty suspending my disbelief. That has come up before, and that that particular siren started going off at the point at which nobody was like okay well have we checked the passenger itinerary because there's somebody aboard this fucking boat who is refusing to say who they are to the fucking captain and they're hanging around in restricted areas they're hanging around in restricted areas criticizing the food criticizing our completely and utterly unregulated child's play area yeah, how did they actually get on the boat in the first place? Because that person, to me, is a security risk. Yeah, it's a good question. And the fucking captain, in fact, the everybody who's an employee on that thing, they have a responsibility to maritime law yeah. that goes way above their job. Yeah. And so the very first thing that should be happening there is like, there's somebody in a restricted area. Okay, will you go and get rid of them? Okay, they won't move. Right, okay, we need to call security. Yeah. You know, we need to let the police in Gothenburg know, uh, and we need to follow the correct procedures, because this is obviously clearly a risk. Well... I mean, that, uh, I mean to me, that seems perfectly fucking obvious. What, what try by just going over there and trying to sneak a peek at a tit? What are those fucking blokes like? <laughs> you know, oh, I tell you what, I don't. Oh no, don't worry about this. Don't worry about the maritime safety protocol. You know, don't well, don't worry about any of that. Just just go over and just ask her if she'll flash us, will you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Now, there's obviously intrigue aboard this boat, and I think. It's really stupid intrigue by idiots. The the I think the casino scene <laughs> is very important towards this because obviously there's something going on there. There's something going on there between who are I wrote him down as Moustache Man brackets two. Oh no, he's just uh, he's just the croupier. Yeah, and the cabaret singer, and they've obviously got something going on, and it becomes apparent in the second episode. They they've got some sort of. He at least has got some kind of wheeze going on. Yeah, this—it's briefly hinted at in this episode. But you were very much taken with the casino scene. I take. <laughs> Firstly, there's the the croupier himself. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, I know he should really be lastly because I've gone straight to the the star of the show. He looks like 
fucking Jim McDonald out of Coronation Street auditioning for Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> and she has a conversation with uh, the cabaret singer, the Jane McDonald. Yeah. And she has a conversation where she starts talking about, oh, I see you've got a system. No, it's a roulette wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't have a system. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Let me teach you the, the system. It's called putting stuff down here. Yeah, there's a reason why a roulette wheel is the best bet you can do. Yeah. And the reason why a roulette can go beyond any other bet is simply on account of that fucking snake eyes. Yeah. That is, that's it. That is the sole advantage that the roulette wheel, that the house has. And that's why it's such a good bet to do. Especially if you've got you've a got system. You've got a better chance, yeah. You've got to be, but you can't have a system for it because it's total <laughs> fucking dumb luck. <laughs> oh, yes, I've got a system. I put them on all the numbers from 30 up. What was Kate O'Mara wearing? In it? it seemed to be a sort of velour bodysuit. A, a velour boiler suit, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, she wins. Of course. And of course she wins. She's covered about a quarter of the table. Well, that's her system. <laughs> and that's her if system. If you bet on everything, yeah. then yeah, you're but, definitely well, going to win. But then, when she does win, the croupier gets furious. And I'm like, that is not how a croupier is supposed to react in that situation. <laughs> no. I'm yeah. certain they're not supposed to go, ah, God, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Fucking oh, hell. Going to oh, yeah, flip the table, yeah. cards and oh, chips my, everywhere. My mortgage. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you know. And so the whole thing just looks ridiculous. Like I say, it looks like a parody of a, it looks like something off the Fast Show. There you go. That's what it looks like. It yeah, looks like yeah. something off the Fast Show. And the bit that looks the most like the Fast Show is when they cut to a boss or the uh, oh well like yeah the now owner of the company. And, oh, uh, yeah, we we need to talk about Arthur Parker because Arthur Parker. Arthur Parker is. Did she tell you she was going on that ship? No, I know nothing about it. Not my job. Okay, oh, she's playing her. Not anymore, sir. She's overboard, sir. Of course she isn't. She was green as a billiard table, Ian. They said she was. Jumped, they said. My name's Brian, by the way. Oh, I know what they said, Brian. I also know what they said, it, Brian, which is why I'm here in the middle of the bloody night to try and explain what they won't believe, Brian. Now put them through and get me some coffee. Black, 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 with coffee, please, Brian. He is, without question, my favourite character in this. <laughs> He's got sort of Frank Butcher glasses... Yeah, he's got his uh, he's got his gold chains. He's got his cigar. He's yeah. got the old uh, shirt open to the waist. Yeah, uh, he's got a very big desk. He's got a huge desk, uh, and outside seems to be I don't know uh, whether it's some sort of industrial estate or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but Arthur Parker, he's not having any. Of yeah. this. He's not having any of you slags messing with his boat. He's not. Yeah, he's. I tell you who he is. For, for 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 listeners who haven't seen the episode, or you know, yeah, or who started watching it and fell asleep, or started watching it and are now on their way here to kill us. <laughs> Arthur is basically he's Steve Coogan's character in 
the Bureau. He is absolutely, yes. The day-to-day soap opera. BBC Mandarins are bleating again, this time because their new soap opera, The Bureau, has just plummeted out of the ratings. A BBC spokesman said, don't read too much into the fact that we're sending them out on tour to the regions on the back of a truck. It's not to drum up support, it's just standard policy for all programmes. Have a look, shall we? Maria? Yeah? You know I'm gay? Yeah. Well, do you think it's possible for a gay man to love a woman? Of course it is, Guy. There's no rules to love. You've got to follow your heart. Maria? Yeah? I love you. What's that? It's Boy! I'm trying to run a high-class bureau de change, not some two-bit nipple peep show in Rio de Janeiro. Ange! Where you been all day? We've been warning about you. It's not Ange anymore, actually. It's Mrs. Hennity to you. As soon as I saw him, I I I found myself uttering the immortal line. That's it. Yeah. I'm going to shut this bureau de change for an hour. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I'm going to I'm going to st- stop this ferry line for an hour. In Gothenburg. In Gothenburg. Except no, it's not. Is it? They're actually going to Amsterdam in this one. I think. I believe so. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the second episode, they're in Amsterdam. They, yeah, they arrive so, in Amsterdam. So if they yeah. weren't going to Amsterdam, what kind of ferry? Ops? <laughs> but Arthur Parker is. He this. Arthur Parker doesn't belong in this. In this. It's program. such a sudden jolt. It away is. from this, this. It's ferry. all of a sudden you've got this. To what looks like it might boy. be the inside of a porter cabin. Abs- yeah, absolutely. He's got a porter cabin on an industrial estate, and he's <laughs> on the phone with a North Sea ferry. But he's yeah. he's treating it like he's in the craze, or at least he thinks yeah. he's in the craze. It's an extraordinary performance, and I strongly recommend it to the house. I absolutely. I mean, uh, the reason. Well, I said I said we'd get back to this. The reason I watched the second episode is because so little happens in terms of plot or characterization or anything in the first episode that I really didn't understand what the hell was going on. And I thought if I watched the second episode, it might shed a bit of light on it. And I found, as I say, it was partially successful. And some things were fleshed out you know Kate O'Mara's dead child little bit of a little bit of extra exposition there her relationship with her father a little bit of exposition there her wanting to do this job little bit of extra exposition there but ultimately you did get the feeling that if this is a 26 episode run at the rate yeah. they were going I reckon Kate O'Mara will probably just have started her job by the time she leaves Triangle. Because yeah, it's I just mean, so... I mean, in the third episode, presumably, they print her name badge. In the fourth episode, it's <laughs> night time. Fifth episode, it's her on the toilet. That was the other interesting thing there, actually, was that I, I, I bet when they took a look at the indoor shots, they were like, oh, fuck. Okay, <laughs> well, what we're going to have to do is... We're going to have to do more nighttime shots because this ain't going to wash. 
Well, I mean... And then, of course, the nighttime shots just look just as bad. Because all there is is the inky black of night behind their horrible ferry. Speaking of the nighttime, <laughs> speaking of the nighttime shots, this is the other yeah. the other scene that I definitely wanted to touch on was the scene between Kate and Larry in her cabin. Now her cabin is very much an advert for the kind of I don't know high comfort, high comfort stakes. Levels. A bourgeois life. You could barely, you could barely fit two of them in standing up. It looked like a janitor's closet. Yeah. <laughs> and that... but then again, why, why you're going from this? This is the problem. You're going from Felixstowe to fucking Gothenburg. You shouldn't need to sleep overnight. <laughs> That's actually. That is one. That's a very good point. I mean, as I said recently, I've been watching um, Round the World in 80 Days with Michael Palin. I suppose I just took for granted that, you know, you're going to have a cabin on a ferry. But No, just fly. Why would you have a cabin on a ferry? I mean, you don't even need your own toilet. and You're only going to be on it for a, a little bit. You're going to be on it like 13 hours or something. What, you need to spend half of that time asleep? Does this happen if a ferry departs at 8 in the morning? Everybody has to have nap time at 11 o'clock in the morning until 7 in the evening. Departs at 8 o'clock in the morning, you do some trespassing, then you eat a plate of diarrhoea, then nap time. <laughs> seven unless, hours. Seven hours. Unless unless you're a child, in which case you're completely unsupervised <laughs> throughout the whole thing. Oh, um, but this scene, the scene in her cabin I thought was absolutely fascinating because there's Sexual tension, I think they're trying to play there. Well, except there isn't it's sexual. T- it's sexual tension that plays out entirely using rape threats and semantics. Yeah, I mean, on the one side, he's getting a bit up close and personal, and on the other side, hang on a minute, you're already aware of her and that she's yeah. sketchy, and you yeah. don't know who she is, and you don't know her name. And you, you're not even a hundred percent on her nationality. It, it added to the sort of weird dreamlike feel to the whole thing. It's like who, who is everyone? What is everyone doing? Where am I? Well, I, I think that the big issue with it is that the conversation doesn't feel like conversation. No, it feels like the scriptwriters are just like right. They have to realise this emotion now. So in order to realise this emotion, we're going to need them to say something like, well, why not just get them to say exactly that? Yeah, okay then. Yeah. I, I think the actors are of a sufficient calibre for you to be able to trust that if the script was any good, they could deliver it. Yeah. I mean, and what they do instead of, of having, you know, believable characters or dialogue or anything is... Th- more or less all subtext emotion and so forth. Yeah, that that's the thing. Are, are yeah. all conveyed with the go-to, the standby, which is a zoom-in close-up and a little piano doodle. Yeah, yeah. So you know you know something's up because the camera's just zoomed in. Now, to be fair, the camera zooming in is, you know, quite exciting on this because... It's a bit wobbly occasionally, <laughs> possibly because the ferry was pitching around in a forced yeah. But 
you get if as as long as you're seeing the zoom and you're hearing the piano sting, you know. Oh, hang on, something is afoot here. Yeah, there were. I mean, I I get it. It's the first episode of something that is pitching itself in the direction of being a soap opera, but there were too many times in the first episode when I was left feeling as if I was supposed to be guessing what they were actually saying. Well, yeah, and, and this is why I, I ended up watching the second episode, because I just didn't have a fucking clue. And OK, look, maybe people who do know each other really well do speak like that. You know, people with little groups, their, pen, their conversations can be impenetrable at times. I, I, I get yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not an idiot. But... No. Firstly, these people apparently didn't know each other. No, it's clearly not the case here. You can't do that in a TV show. No. <laughs> because you've got, if you're lucky, 10 million people watching you all going, what the fuck are they talking about? What, are, are they a couple? Are they, is he, what? Did they used uh, to be a couple? Yeah. Do they, they know y- each other? Yeah. And it, if and they it, do know each other, why didn't he recognise her when she had her cans out on the deck? Yeah, and that that happened, that must have happened to me eight or nine times. And this is in 25 minutes, you know, it's too much. It felt like I was having to do a lot of work. And it got quite good ratings. I think partially it got such good ratings because, one, Terry Wogan was getting enormous ratings and he was taking the piss out of it. So people were probably tuning in to see what he was talking about. And then you've got a rump of people who were carrying on watching it just so they can finally see one what the hell's going on and two kate o'mara actually assuming the role of chief purser which takes place somewhere around episode 17 the way yeah but I, like going. i say i don't you know i'll keep you posted as i as i never actually i say that because you're going to as well i know you are there's nothing about it that is yeah. enjoyable apart from how bad it is. But the thing is, it really delivers on that. It's it's such a strange situation because in doing it the extravagant and luxurious way, the BBC actually guaranteed that it was going to look cheap and shit. Yeah, would you? If they filmed it at Pebble Mill Studios, as far away from any water as you could get in the UK... Yeah. It it would probably have been a better show and looked like a better show. Yeah. As it was, they've got everybody stumbling around, and when I say everybody, I do you know, and not just the actors, but also the the crew. So you know, the cameraman stumbling around. It's just things are falling over. It's just don't just don't watch it. Don't watch it. But because if you do, you end up watching all of it. Why should I suffer alone? There are many reasons why you should suffer alone. Shall we touch on creamy centers? The creamy, creamy center. What have we been watching this week when we haven't been watching this bullshit? Well, I mean, for a start, I watched the second episode of Triangle. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that's t- that. That's that. That's that one ticked Tick. off. Tick. You got any? Uh, you got any really juicy content? This okay, week? I watched. Uh, I watched an episode of Tiswas from 1981, and 
okay. an episode of Tizzle was from 1975. It's the earliest one that I've seen. Last time you watched an episode of Tiz was it managed to be racist twice in 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, you just take it as red, you know. Just, just so you don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about that. Just take it as red. Um, okay. I also watched. You'll like this. Okay. I also watched the episode of John Craven's News Round from the day after the Challenger space. Sh- uh, well, it is that is shuttle. the OG episode of John Craven's News Round. Yeah, that is the classic. I also watched. <laughs> I also watched the episode of Vision On about triangles for for, oh, re- okay. for research. Well, I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't touch on it, but obviously the the triangle shown in the opening titles of Triangle is an equilateral triangle. Yes. Whereas, in fact, the triangle, if you are wanting to go between Felixstowe, Gothenburg, and Amsterdam is a scalene triangle yeah. with some very, very, very acute yeah, angles. Yeah, with about 11 sides. Uh, I watched two episodes of Cracker Jack, one from oh, 1975 and uh, okay. one from the current series, which is because they brought it back. Oh, with, um, what are their names? Sam and... Yeah, whatever their names are. Mark. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's good. Okay. And I watched a few minutes of Scylla Black's Christmas... From Christmas oh, Eve, nineteen eighty-three. I like the fact that you are absolutely uncowed by the fact that it's pretty much as far away from Christmas as you can be, and you're still persistent. Yeah, and uh, and I watched. Oh my god! Yeah, I watched an episode of a program called two, program called Two G's and the Pop People, which was an ITV music show that was on in briefly in nineteen seventy-two. Which actually opened with Tony Blackburn singing, and then then fucking Slade. Oh, gee. well, you you must have been in Hog Heaven. Spike then. Milligan is also in it, and also the dismal, dismal, dismal dance troupe, the Second Generation. It's awful. I would put it on the list, but it's. It, I I feel as though we covered it with um, Roger Whittaker. You know, there's probably a whole, there's probably a whole kind of genre. You know, you could just do it on bad old music programs. You know. Well, I mean, yeah. I last week watched um, that episode of Revolver. Yeah. I think most most ITV franchises had their own versions of whatever type of music show, be it light entertainment, new wave. There was always a, a sort of a corresponding music show. Yeah, oh yeah, I saw one the other day that was I can't remember what it was called. It was it was Sally James and David Kidd Jensen hosting a music show. <laughs> okay, and that was surprising at how shit it was. Yeah, well, yeah. So that that's probably about the full extent of my creamy center. I will just have a quick look and see if there's anything. It's pretty. It's pretty in depth. It's I mean, very creamy this week. I have to say. Oh, Pop Quest. There you go. Found it in the history. Pop Quest. Pop Quest. Wow. From the 29th of March, 1978. I watched that, and it then it was yeah. Oh, and I also watched an episode of You and Me, which was a little kids' program that was on when I was little. Don't, don't be telling me. I know about You yeah. and Me. In fact, You and Me exists in the spreadsheet somewhere. Cos Cosmo and Dibs. Yeah, and I also watched an episode of Picture Box. We're going to get to a stage 
if you if you carry on weeks like that, we're going to get to a stage where you're going to be completely uncowed by whatever I come up with us to watch because you had already what seen did it. I say I was on a hot streak. <laughs> Clearly, I watched this week. I also watched a program that had Spike Milligan in it. I watched O in Color. Oh yeah, I saw that turn up on my YouTube playlist. Now O in Color comes in the Spike Milligan canon. It comes after Q five. And before Q six, right, and uh, uh, and the gimmick, the gimmick of it was that it was all in color. But of course, because of the way the BBC operate, the only ones that still exist are in black and white. Oh right, okay. It was a it was a Spike Milligan. It was a Spike Milligan. How, how long into it was it before he was racist? Oh, uh, it, it definitely happened, but. You know, it's Spike Milligan, isn't it? You've got he gets a pass. Mm, I find to a certain no, extent. I think I <laughs> no, I've just seen so much of it. Next week. Next week. Next week. Oh, it's you, it's isn't it? My choice. Yeah. And uh, I have been inspired by your uh, genre hopping efforts of late. Well, you know, to try and get us. Um, get us watching a variety of different stuff and I've chosen something which is more or less uncategorizable. <sighs> Cluedo. Ah, oh, right. Well, it's a game show, isn't it? Games, game show slash panel show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the... I don't think I'm going to like this very much. Anyway, look, that'll do. That'll do. We've, we've man, man overboard. Child overboard. Child uh, and another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. My brain is officially mashed potato. Uh, it's been emotional. We'll be back the same time next week with more fun and frolics. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye. I'm just going to wipe my glasses clean. Oh, spunk. Spunk. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Was it spunk? Uh, What what else is it going to be? Well, yeah. (laughs) I've got something in my eye and it's annoying. Oh, spunk. Spunk. <laughs> <laughs> you would have, you would have thought the glasses would have protected you, but they do nothing. Uh, they do uh, nothing. Well, not if, it, not if it goes over the top and then.